episode today do my disclaimer philip washington i'm a registered investment advisor with stonehill wealth management this information is for educational purposes only not meant to be investment or financial advice you need to seek your own counsel before making any of those decisions and some of the things that i do discuss here on the podcast um, i might have ownership in but let's today talk about the new bitcoin futures etf the difference between the ETF and a trust, which is what folks have been using for GBTC, spot ETF versus futures, and why understanding currency is super important as an investor. And so today dropped the new Bitcoin futures ETF by ProShares. The ticker symbol is B-I-T-O. And um, this is the first... Uh, ETF uh, linked product in um, so, I mean Bitcoin ETF linked product uh, in the in the U.S. Canada launched, launched a, another BTF uh, or ETF. Uh, they were the first one, you know, the spot BTF, which I'll cover the difference. But a, a lot of folks, I had a friend of mine text me and was like, "Well, hey, Philip, what's the difference between uh, GBTC and the new ETF? I thought GBTC was an ETF, and I, and I did a podcast episode on this a long time ago." But GBTC is actually like a trust, so it's 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 a trust um, um, that trades uh, on the stock market. But it's a bit different than an ETF because an ETF can uh, redeem and destroy uh, shares every single day to keep uh, the value of the uh, fund in line with the value of the underlying assets, and a trust cannot do that, um, and so. That's, that's the biggest main difference. Both of them trade, both of them can have liquidity, but it's the ability to create and destroy uh, shares to maintain an underlying price. So that's why you see like the gold ETF, um, the price tracks with the underlying um, <clears throat> uh, asset, um, but, but GBTC, which is the trust, it doesn't. It sells at a discount or a premium uh, because you don't have the ability to um, Create and destroy shares. Um, uh, there's no way to arbitrage out that 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 difference in price, um, and so that that's the that's the big difference between the two products. But this right here is a um, a futures ETF, which is different than a spot ETF because a futures ETF it futures are different. Futures are cash settled, meaning when when you own a futures contract, you just own a contract for a future price to deliver. Um, the, the product or cash. So for example, if you ever heard of people uh, investing in futures like corn or uh, other commodities, um, a lot of times, I mean, they're not, they're not trading the, if they're in a futures market, they're not trading the actual commodity. Like when you trade corn, you don't actually get corn delivered to you um, at the, at the date you buy the contract. So when you buy a futures contract, it, you, you, you might buy like, um, for example, you may say, Hey, I'm going to buy um, uh, March, 22 and 22 corn 
at this price, which means, um, you know, you're, you, you are buying, um, um, corn at a, at a future price to lock in that, that, that price, um, today. And if you hold it, you get delivered the corn, you know, at the price, if, if the price changes between now and then you can decide to not exercise the contract, sell it, buy it, whatever, but it's, it's more of a contract to deliver that. So you don't, you're not actually owning Bitcoin in the future ETF. You're buying the contract ability to have it delivered or cash settled in the future, which is different than spot, right? So GBTC, the trust actually owns Bitcoin in it and ETF, a spot Bitcoin ETF actually owns uh, the Bitcoin in it. The future ETF, because you own the contract, there's also a cost of like rolling the contracts whenever. So in order to make the ETF work, they have to keep rolling or buying new month contracts and those contracts expires. That's expensive. Um, and there's other costs that are embedded in it that makes it a product that I'm not super excited about owning. I'm, you know, we're at the moment um, keeping GBTC for the brokerage account, I own Bitcoin outright, but for the brokerage account, uh, still using GBTC and Grayscale uh, today, I believe, just filed to get the first spot Bitcoin ETF approval targeted for maybe later on this year, where they'll, they'll convert the current trust shares into the ETF. And as that happens, you know, you should see the, the discount currently, um, that's currently in the product, um, close up, that gap will close up, hopefully. At least that's the, that's the hypothesis. So, um, so that's the, that's the difference right now. I want to explain why understanding currency is super important as an investor, because I know a lot of people who either follow me on social media, who listen to my podcast, have saw me evolve and talk a lot more about, um, uh, crypto and specifically Bitcoin and might be wondering why like did i fall in love with it um is it is it um yeah I mean, did, I, did i fall in love with the asset class and not I, I do my best to try to not love any specific asset class i like to fund follow the fundamentals of what's going on and so to understand that you have to earn understand currency because at the core um a currency is just a derivative of the under, I mean, uh, most assets are just a derivative of the underlying currency. So let's use real estate as an example. If you own real estate, a lot of the value of your real estate, if not the majority of the value of your real estate uh, is um, future ca cash flow expectations, right? So it's the reason why real estate in New York costs different than real estate in Alabama or costs different than real estate in California. Um, because like New York and California has higher incomes. And so their real estate prices can, um, can charge higher rents, higher cash, higher us dollars that you get on the rent versus in Alabama. Um, you know, that doesn't have all the, the high income, uh, that, that's, that isn't, that isn't a choice. So real estate, what, what, what you're, what you're really doing is, uh, pricing real estate off the value of the future dollars that you can receive. Same with stocks, right? Stocks are, um, priced based on the future potential income stream through, uh, through dividends or earnings growth, which are also priced in dollars, the future cash flow you can receive from owning the business. Uh, again, the cash matters in the U S so let, let's, so let's switch domain for it for us investors. 
we have not seen a major currency uh, collapse of our currency in our in our in our in our, in our lifestyle in our really country's existence. Um, but let's let's say you live in Argentina, right? Let's say we transport this conversation to where I am a uh, an investment advisor in Argentina currently, and my buddies are realtor. We're one of the best in Argentina. The problem is, it doesn't matter how good we are, Argentina's currency is collapsing. Right. I don't know the actual numbers, but it's some number like double digit devaluation every month of the currency. Right. Let, let's, let's pick a number. Let's say let's say it's devaluing at 100 percent a year. I'm sorry, I mean, at, let's, let's say it's devaluing at 50 percent a year. Um, and I'm just I'm just making up a number um, that means that they're, you know, because they're printing money at 50 percent a year. That means that the assets that you invest in, whether it be real estate or stocks have to at least grow by that rate um, to um, um, for you to make any money, any real money, right? And that's hard. We can be just as smart, but we just switch locations and go there and we can't find any Argentine businesses or real estate that can do that because they're making the value of the, 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 the currency, which is the river of those assets go up more. Like we're, we're, we're better off in that environment just saying, let me take my assets, my value, let me sell everything I have here and move it to a better uh, country with a better currency like the U.S. And so that's why you see a lot of foreign investors that are in areas where there's political turmoil, lots of theft through inflation come up and bid up U.S. real estate prices, you know, buy U.S. stocks, right? That's why our stock market is so relative, it's priced so high relative to all of the stock markets because our currency at the moment is relatively the, the strongest because of a lot of different factors. And so currency matters um, a lot. Like it's, let's look at another example. If you look at the uh, 1800s, right? The trade for the 1800s was by UK assets, by UK real estate, by UK companies, by UK bonds, because their currency was the soundest in the 1800s. And and the net worth grew for UK citizens. Um, same the US 1900s, like the trade was by American assets, American real estate, American bonds, American stocks, um, because America had the soundest currency in the 1900s. Now, 2000s, you look at, because we, we've had a couple times where people thought that the new currency, a new place to be, was going to be different areas. So in the, eight, in the, in the 80s, we thought Japan was going to become the new, you know, new place for, for wealth building. And the problem was that they loaded up on too much debt too fast in a 10 year span. And, um, and then, 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 and petered out, right? Same thing with China. China did the same thing where in 20 years, there's, there's no country I believe in the history of mankind that's ran up more debt in 20 years than China. Um, and so now they're, they're, um, they have a, they have big problems they're dealing with right now. And, you know, they got the same problems that us and the, and, and the other developed countries in the Western world have at the moment. And probably with a, a um, monetary um, and economic system that's less friendly um, to capital. And so the, the 21st century, this century is really the century of not, not going from a theme being a country to invest in. Right, but theme goes to investing in cyberspace and in, in, in the Internet of Things, 
because you look at the first 20 years and who's become the richest, right? It's people who own like Facebook stock, Amazon stock, Google stock, people who own Bitcoin and crypto, right? These are the rich people of our time uh, because every this because this century is the century of um, going digital, right? And, and I believe probably when we get to the um, you know 22nd century, it's probably going to be space. But that's I won't be alive for that unless they find some technological uh, thing that allows me to live uh, a long time. Um, but but this is this is this century's uh, big theme and the currency of the internet. Right, the base layer reserve currency, the 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 what people consider, and these are even all crypto people consider the safest, you know, asset um, of the internet is is Bitcoin, right? Meaning the best when I say safe, the best store of value, right? Treasury bonds were the store of value, um, you know, uh, now and for the previous you know century, um, pounds were the previous century, so the store, the anchor asset, well actually. Before the seventies, it was gold, and then you and then you would layer the currency of the um, soundest money on top of that. But while I'm going with this, is what 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 the reason why Bitcoin is the, considered the safest because under underlying the currency is the most important part is the monetary policy, right? The monetary policy is what determines the currency value, meaning. Um, like how scarce is the currency? If they're printing lots of currency, like I mentioned on, on my Friday episode, it makes the value of your money worth less because there's no there's no scarcity, which is what's happening all over the world right now. If the monetary policy is um, more transparent, that's good, right? The monetary policy of um, an economic system of the U.S. was more open than the monetary policy of um, the U.K. previously, right? This is why I say China has problems because they are becoming more closed and more transparent. I mean, more closed and more secret than they were before moving away from being transparent. Uh, and they're printing money too. Um, you have to have a strong network. So you have to have lots of people who are willing to accept the currency, right? Bitcoin on 21 million. Uh, the monetary policy is transparent. It's, it's, it's coded on the blockchain. You can see it, you can read it. Um, it's a strong network. You know, people around the world are more and more accepting Bitcoin. It's like a something like 100 million people who own Bitcoin at the current moment. Um, and the numbers are astronomically, um, you know, growing. Um, so the network's getting bigger. Uh, and anybody with a smartphone can access the network and use it. We got a country that's made it legal tender so far and a few others that are following. Um, you, need, you need a consistent monetary policy. If, you, if you're changing the rules of the game, like if you're playing a basketball game and the rules of the game are changing in the middle of it, that's not going to be a very fun game. Um, you know, Bitcoin is like the uh, cryptocurrency that hadn't changed the rule of their monetary policy um, and has had the longest monetary policy of all the cryptos. Like even Ethereum, who's the second biggest, <laughs> changes something every few years. And they're in the big, middle of a big change right now. Um, the U.S., who's been doing QE and printing money and doing all these kind of things, have been messing with the uh, scarcity and monetary policy consistently for like 50 years um, since we broke from the gold peg. Um, and then you have to have the, uh, a system that's more uh, distributed or decentralized. So a big reason why um, the U.S. attracted so much wealth from the U.K. was um, the, the way our system is set up. So we have the states and we have the federal government. 
And so the power is more distributed, not in, in we, and we also have three branches of legislation. And so we have a distributed economic system, right? Decentralization of distributed doesn't mean efficient, right? Because it's not, it's more efficient to do it like China, where you have like top down, one ruler, what, what he or she says goes versus our seemingly dysfunctional system. But the dysfunction is the beauty, right? The dysfunction is, is it, it becomes difficult uh, for those at the top to have complete control. Now they've consolidated power by figuring out the system um, in a way to bail out their buddies, you know, which is why we're moving towards a, a digital monetary policy where it's written in code. It can't be changed by a few. You need 51% of the node runners to uh, agree on the change. So it's more distributed and it's attracting lots of wealth, lots of money. Um, so the monetary policy creates the value and, and, um, and the beauty of code, right? The internet age is you can, you can write in the rules and people can see them and agree upon them and not have a centralized power, uh, abuse, um, those rules. And so that's why currency matters because if, if, if you want to know the value of an ecosystem, you have to look at the currency monetary policy. Is it scarce? Is it transparent? Is it has a strong network? Is it consistent? Is it more decentralized? Right. And these are all relative terms to other systems. And if, and, and once you find the currency that checks the box as, as the best in all those categories, then you have an idea of uh, where the strong new economy will be built uh, on top of, right? And, 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 and you begin to understand why Bitcoin is attracting so much money from people who know, because what would happen previously with money is, you know, every hundred years or so, uh, a system would become like, like systems die, right? Side note, um, I'm a nerd, so I like to read up on physics things. And I was reading about uh, the universe and the Big Bang Theory is actually being changed, right? What, what, what they're realizing now is before the, you know, b before the Big Bang, the universe was just like an empty, like it had basically nothing in it. And what the theory now is, what happens over and over and over with the, with the universe is like we have plant people die, planets die, light, you know, light, all life forms die. Um, the sun dies, right? Um, the and, and but then there's rebirth, right? The universe dies and gets rebirth, right? So all, so what keeps happening over and over and over again is you have like the universe, which has been around for, you know, they they can't track the beginning date um, through math. And by the way, they do all this through math, right? But they can't track the beginning date through math. But let's just assume the new, you know, because this is a new theory. Maybe it's been around forever, right? Whatever that, and that's a concept we can't really grasp in our head. But let's say it's been around forever. And the universe keeps expanding, dying, then coming back over and over and over again, right? And that just makes sense in the context of like when you study atoms and how they form and create things, and then you look at the universe, it looks very similar um, as you know protons, neutrons, all that kind of stuff. And it, look, it looks very similar to uh, the clues that Mother, Mother Nature gives us to um, how the world actually works over and over again. And so then you look at economies, and economies die also every every hundred years or so and and you have like the the uh same problems like the money get you know power gets concentrated um growth doesn't grow to the sun governments begin to steal money from the people from the people 
keep the system going through inflation or taxes or a combination of the two. Uh, they can't maintain the debts, uh, things, uh, and the order. They either default or they, they inflate away the debt, uh, which makes the value of the money worthless. And then we move to a new system, right, over and over and over again. And so understanding this, again, is important because then you begin to say, okay, we're at the end of the system. And, 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 and what, here's, here's, here's where I was going. At the end of the system, the smart money would say, all right, this system is dead. Let me go ahead and get my gold out of the banks. And then let me go deposit it into the banks of, the, of a new system that is willing to treat money uh, the right way, meaning keep money scarce, tied to the gold standard in the past. Transparent, more transparent rules than the last system. Stronger network than the last system, which builds over time. Uh, consistent uh, monetary policy that you can count on. So you can, here's why consistent is important. If, if you're a business and you and you plan to invest in projects that might pay off, that might not pay off for five, 10, 20 years, you have to know that if you lay out this money to invest in it, your investments are not going to be devalued because of the money printer. And so the reason why you see so much short-term investment behavior at the current moment, it's a it's a it's a side effect of the money printer. So, so think about this, right? We we are individuals, but we are also like a, a, a social organism, right? As an economy, right? And we act similarly as a social organism, um, as you know, over and over and over again under the same circumstances, right? So so every time the money gets bad because it's printing. You have lots of social unrest. You have the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. You have lots of frustration. Um, you also have the the mindset of the people that moves more and more shorter term because currency is the blood of the economy. So just like if your blood is bad, your body starts acting up. Like if the blood of the economy is bad, people begin to there 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 becomes problems, right? And one of the problems is more short term thinking because people people it's tough to invest for the long term because you don't know what the value of that money is going to be or that investment is going to be worth for the long term. So you move shorter and shorter down the, uh, the time frame of risk and people become like, um, uh, you know, more, more short term in, in their thinking. And so, um, so this, this is happening again. Let me, uh, and I'm, and I'm covering, I'm going back to certain points and saying them multiple times in different ways because this podcast episode is super important in today's environment. So when these things would happen, the people, the investors who would study history, again, they would take out their gold from those banks, move it to a place or a region that, that respected money, those principles that I mentioned before. Um, and so this is happening. So when, so if you get confused on, on um, what's going on economically, Go back to okay. What monetary system uh, is scarce? Is more scarce, more transparent, getting a stronger network, growing crazy, uh, more consistent, more decentralized, and it leads you to oh, Bitcoin. Out of everything, it, 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 the reason why I moved from Bitcoin to gold is Bitcoin is even more scarce than gold. Um, so gold, you can you know quote unquote print two percent more of gold through mining. Uh, every single year, but it's uh, it's it was the most scarce thing before Bitcoin. The other problem with gold is, in order for gold to work, you, you have to layer paper money on top of gold, um, because um, like people don't just shave off gold for to go at the grocery store to buy some uh, 
uh, eggs or whatever, right? You, you got to layer paper money on top of it, which means you have to trust the place that stores the gold, which is, you know, gold was stored with central banks and with banks back in the day. So you got to trust them to not issue more currency above the gold they have. Bitcoin said, cool, we'll fix that problem. Like, um, we'll only have 21 million, so it can't be even 2% more printed. And, um, um, and we will make it to where you can actually like, um, you know, pay in Bitcoin. You don't need a second layer of currency, um, you know, to pay, right? And that is either directly through Bitcoin on the base layer, or you can do it through Lightning, which is faster and cheaper to settle up Bitcoin using Lightning Network. And again, the episode on this Lightning Network is similar to like a decentralized Visa um, platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why currency is important. You can, going back to what I was saying, we have a lot of amazing companies uh, here in America. But the reason why I don't believe a lot of them over the long term will outperform Bitcoin, it's just the rules of money, right? The rules of money have been tried and true for thousands of years since we've had money. And so I just follow the principles, right? I, that, you know, I do own some companies that I think will do well over the next five years and may, may do just as good um, or maybe potentially um, better than Bitcoin. I doubt it. But they'll be they'll be relatively better than everything and give some diversification. But Bitcoin over the next you know decade, it's it's hard for me to find any asset class that's going to do better uh, than Bitcoin. And, and when I, and when I say Bitcoin, I'm also talking about companies in the Bitcoin system because now you have miners that hold Bitcoin on the balance sheet and print Bitcoin. Those are for me great investments. You have um, uh, you know companies that um, are. Uh, brokerages that allow people to get into crypto, which I think would be a great, uh, great thing to own in the ecosystem. There's going to be other uh, Bitcoin investments uh, you can make in the Bitcoin economy uh, that will be good. There will be there will be companies like Tesla that are selling um, um, products that are in the theme of the new world that also convert the cash in their balance sheet to Bitcoin. So instead of pricing the company based off future expectations of US dollars, which is a currency that's being printed away, you can price it in, in terms of, hey, you know, uh, the Bitcoin as they, as they make money and they convert to Bitcoin, you know, that becomes a, a value add, you know, and, you know, they only have, in Tesla example, they only have a little bit of Bitcoin on the balance sheet, but you see the trend with microstrategies and other companies who are adding more and more Bitcoin to their balance sheet because they're, it's, it's the equivalent of saying, hey, uh, I want to own uh, U.S. stocks over Argentina stocks because they produce cash uh, in dollars, not in Argentine pesos. Um, and so those are things to pay attention to uh, as well. Um, so it's not just buying the Bitcoin. It's paying attention to the Bitcoin uh, economy in the ecosystem and buying accordingly. But again, my beginning of the year investment outlook included the big major themes that I see over the next hundred years, where it's moving to renewable energies um, from fossil fuels, uh, changing the money. Um, you have commerce um, and lots of other players you can make. But but I, I, I believe you're going to see all those companies in the future adding, changing the, 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 the currency that they store on their balance sheet to a more sound currency, which will um, allow investors to feel more comfortable um, uh, valuing the companies differently uh, because they know that the things that they sell 
as they sell them can be converted into a superior currency over time, right? Side note from other crypto folks, it doesn't mean that other cryptos are not going to be valuable, right? But crypto and Bitcoin is different. If Bitcoin is a currency, the other cryptos are, hey, you need to own this token, right? In order to access uh, this application or to build this application on the platform. That's what Ethereum is. That's what Solana is. That's what Cardano is, right? And then you have NFTs, which are like digital products, um, a hybrid between products and assets and collectibles and art um, uh, that you can have. And so those are like completely different values, which have different value propositions, but they're like a smaller market, right? The, the, the bigger market is, do I get the macro right, right? Am I investing in the right economic system, right? In 1900s, was I investing in the US or was I investing in Argentina, right? Or the UK, if you get that right, the other stuff, um, you know, you can miss, you can make, it doesn't really matter because you got the big thing, right? So. I hope this um, I hope this helps uh, folks think through uh, their investments. I hope this makes you a little bit smarter than you were before you heard my podcast. If it has, please share it with like a hundred people, right? Or share it with your text group, your chat group on social media. Uh, give me a rating on Apple Podcast. I really appreciate it. it helps get the podcast out to more people. But until um, next time, enjoy your week. Bye.